This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 524 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and TotalSaddleFit.com. For tonight's show, we are going to review Reese's big trip to Aachen International Horse Show with the participants of the Dressage Foundation International Dream Program, followed by a great trainer tip for Tina Irwin. This is Reese Goffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Welcome Phil. back, Reese. Hey, thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm dragging a little bit tonight. I got back in last night, so had a full day of work today. <laughs> you're a little dragging. sleep deprived. A little bit, a little bit. I think I had five cups of coffee or something ridiculous today. So, but it's fun to be here and, and wow, what an experience that we were on a grand adventure and I'm really excited. You're going to hear, we broke the girls up. We had four wonderful girls from the Dressage Foundation and they'll talk to you a little bit about uh, how they were selected for this trip. But we had Bridget Brown, Emma Severins, Ray Sachenko and Sophia Chavanella and they were so lovely. And then I shout out, huge shout out to my co-chaperone, Bill McMullen, who really made it fun. He and I put quite a bit of work into it. We we organized 27 different mini lectures for the girls, starting with Debbie McDonald, all the way to Adrian Lyle and Carl Hester and Stefan Peters. It was just a fantastic. And Catherine Bateson. So they were super supportive from the U.S. team. And we got to meet Juan Jr., Juan Matucha Jr., who's a fan of the show. He's a great guy. The girls really like that. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we, talked to half the judging panel and it was fantastic to hear from judges and uh, Bo Yana, Michael Klemka, just just a fantastic group. And uh, I really can't say enough. I also had not been to the competition. I had been to Aachen and the grounds of Aachen, but not to the horse show. Not during the big horse show, huh? No, we went the week before. So I kind of had a little bit of the layout before this is I did it on a scouting trip for my last international trip with students so yeah but this was how many how many how many rings are there there like for horse competition right (sighs) wow a a lot so you (laughs) go in and and you if you would turn right you would go it's pretty far but then you go to the dressage the main stadium and then there's three different rings in which you can watch the warm-up Aachen is very unique that way because the warm-up is open to the public which is fantastic there is a indoor arena that is you you have to have credentials to get into it but the riders have to come out with their last 10 minutes so they are forced to leave the indoor and come out into the main arena where everyone's watching the warm-up and then there's an enormous trade fair. You'll hear from Sophia. She was our shopper. Enormous trade fair. I've never seen anything like it with phenomenal things that are on sale. A lot of the German brands will never go on sale in America, but they do go on sale at Aachen. So not saying that's the reason to go, but that um, was pretty cool. Uh, how many different horse 
uh, competition events are going on, right? They've yeah, got so jumping, we, eventing. There's jumping, eventing. There's the four-in-hand driving, which if you have never seen it in person, I had never seen four-in-hand in person. At all the WEGs now we've been to, you know, it's pretty far walk, but the main they're fairly close. The main driving stadium, the show jumping stable arena, which is enormous, 40,000 people fit in it, and it is full. Like, it's standing room only, actually, to get in there. It's crazy. And then the driving, you can just sort of walk up, and it was, like, probably three or four people deep um, to watch the in-hand driving. It's unbelievable. If you've ever seen it, um, we were not able to go out to the marathon course just because we had a bunch of lectures going on at the dressage. I mean, really, you're like, there needs to be three of me so I can be in all these different locations. Watch a little um, bit of everything. Yeah. There's oh, too my much God. Going on. So much going on. And it's really cool. Um, <laughs> so they have um, driving, dressage, three day show jumping. Those are the main. Ev- oh, and vaulting. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Yeah, I think they have vaulting as well, right? So we never found the vaulting stadium. I can't say we looked. You can hear we were pretty busy. Like the girls had about five lectures every day. And then with the competition and watching warm up, we we kept them trucking along. (laughs) Um, We were all pretty tired and they were wonderful. Making good use of that time in the dressage education, huh? It was pretty cool. So, um, so I enjoyed every one of the lectures. I think as much as the girls did. Not gonna lie, uh, it was just a great experience for Bill and I too. So, uh, highly recommend it. I hope you enjoy our conversations with the girls. We'll get started. We've got, we we broke the girls up into uh, two different groups. It was going to be a little bit too hard to do a four-person roundtable with Phil and I. So we broke the girls up in two different segments. So our first segment is you're going to meet Bridget and Emma. I hope you enjoy them. Well, I am so honored tonight to have two of my very, very favorite young riders on who I just spent the last week in Aachen with. We have Emma Severins and Bridget Brown on the line from, they were two of the girls that went on the International Dream Program from the Dressage Foundation. And uh, Miss Bridget, we'll start with you. Can you introduce yourselves and tell us all about yourself? Okay, yeah. So I'm 22 years old and I'm currently in Annandale, New Jersey. I'm a working student for Marcus Orlov and Shannon Stevens. I did the Young Writers classes last year in 2018 with a really fantastic horse named Rhett that kind of showed me the ropes and taught me a ton and gave me a lot of really awesome opportunities. And now I'm, I have a four-year-old uh, mare that I've been bringing along. And I'm hoping to do the U25 Grand Prix at some point if I'm able to find an opportunity that allows it. And yeah, so. Fantastic. And Emma, tell us about yourselves. Yourself. Hey, I'm 21 years old and I ride with my parents, Yos and Laura Severance in Noonan, Georgia. Right now I have a 17-year-old holster that I did the Young Rider classes this year. I missed the championship just by a little bit. I made it last year and I competed on the Region 3 team. And right now we're working on the I-1 stuff. And then hopefully maybe he can go on and do I-2 and maybe under 25. I'm not really sure. It just depends on how it goes with him. But yeah. Fantastic. I love it. So Bridget, we'll let you tell us, how did you guys get selected for the uh, Dressage Foundation International Dream Program? So we had to do quite, quite a few different parts of the application. We had three letters of recommendation, the video of us riding a test at fourth level or above, 
submitting our competition record and then a list of essay questions, basically. And they were like really good, valuable questions asking why, why do we want to be a part of dressage and why are we in it for the long run and how can we give back to the sport also? I love it. And Emma, you also had some homework, didn't you, this summer before we went on the trip? Yes, I did. I'm in nursing school right now and I had summer classes. So I had to finish up a couple of assignments at the beginning of the trip so I would have time to do my other stuff during the week. Perfect. And you also got some questions you had to answer from the Dressage Foundation, right? So it wasn't just, I mean, you guys actually had to work until we got to the plane, didn't you? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Well, we had to do the journals every night Mm -hmm. and kind of describing our day and stuff like that. And then Altogether, we had to write a an article for Dressage Connections. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. And you read That's... Two Spines a Line and had essay questions you had to do. Oh. read a couple before yeah, we went even. No, it's okay. You guys, so right. <laughs> you know, this wasn't just a free trip to Aachen, for sure. I mean, you guys had to be very involved and very active as you were going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. There was a couple essay questions that we were sent in, like, the last, I guess, month and a half leading up to the trip. That just kind of prompted us to read the books and that we were assigned and watch the, we were sent a video that went along with one of the books as well. And they were really like good thought provoking about dressage theory and what it means to have a horse through and under AIDS. And yeah, it's really helpful. So Bridget, yeah, I was going to ask you about like, what were you hoping to add to your education by, by visiting, visiting this prestigious show and, and, and going to, going to Germany? So I've kind of always been pretty infatuated with Europe in general because, (laughs) like, obviously we do nothing but import horses from Europe. I mean, of course, there's a lot of really well-bred American horses, but unfortunately, um, a lot of the dressage community, I think, looks to Europe before looking at the horses here. And that seems to be just because of the long history of quality and knowing that so many top horses come from over there and the market here just like lends itself to the fact that you're able to buy really good quality horses over there and bring them uh, to the U.S. and then possibly sell them for more than you purchase them or maybe adult amateurs that want to go try a lot of horses in a reasonably small area and also like of course Europe is fun like there's so much to see and do and it's a really amazing experience so I was really hoping to just kind of see more about what the training is about because of course Germany is at the top right now and the U.S. is also doing extremely well but the training is just different over there. There's something about it. I went over to Denmark like a year and a half ago for four weeks to get a taste of it, and I was in love. So it was really, to me, the most helpful to watch such top quality riding from morning to night and make you go, wow, that's how I need to sit when I'm hacking my horse, when I'm warming up. When I'm riding a test, what, like literally every second of your ride, you need to be sitting properly. And it was just like super inspiring and really made me want to come home and ride like the people that I watched for the whole week. <laughs> it's true. So Emma, 
can you tell us a little bit about what you thought about the horse show in Aachen itself? Because it was pretty amazing experience, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. It was so cool to see so many top riders in one area and to be able to speak with everyone and to meet with everyone and get some tips and stuff and like an inside perspective of what all goes into competing internationally. It was really, really amazing. Yeah, just so to kind of get everybody up to speed, one of the things that myself and um, Bill McMullen, who was uh, our other chaperone, who was absolutely fantastic, we got to give him a huge shout out. He and I organized uh, little mini lectures with multiple different professionals. So you girls counted it up and it was 27 professionals. So Bridget, um, tell us a little bit about who we talked to and maybe some tips that you got, maybe your top tips that you got. So. Do you want like a couple of like the top people that I would Yes, yeah, so we talked to 27 people. Give us, yeah. your, give us your favorite. Yeah. yeah, give us your favorite. Okay. Okay, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I have like maybe three <laughs> favorites. Um, yeah, that's cool. Carl Hester was amazing. He really, to me, showed you that like he's just like the rest of us and he did not start at the top. He said, you know, I bought my first horse for 1,200 pounds or something like that and I guess he went to his trainer and said, look, I can't afford a horse. But, well, how much money do you have? He's like, 1,200 pounds. And he goes, we'll buy something for 1,200 pounds. And he's like, what will it be, like a donkey? And I thought, okay, well, he goes, you know what? I took, I bought the horse and I made it into something better and sold it for more. And he said, you can always make a horse better than what it is. And he just talked about, like, the realness of being a professional and, how no one gets there in a blink of an eye, basically. And then another one that I really, I really enjoyed talking to Adrian Lyle. Um, she talked a little bit about behind the scenes, what it's like to compete for the U.S. team and what it's like to put together a syndicate to own a horse that can take you to compete. Because like a lot of riders don't, of course, have the funds to do this. But there's a lot of really generous people that are willing to invest in riders so that they can encourage and be a part of the sport to make it better in the long run. And she talked a little bit about the logistics of that as far as like you have to keep your people happy and how to keep a good relationship so that they're involved with the horse in the right way to make it fun for them. Um and then, who was the other person I was going to say? Oh, Stefan Peters. He gave us a little insight on what it's like to be burnt out, basically, um, which is, I think, a huge issue because, of course, there's a lot of really long hours in the horse industry. There's no such thing as set hours, as all of us know. And sometimes you feel like you're just working into the ground. And I think his came from like a little bit of a different angle. But at the same time, like burnout and depression and feeling down on your riding, because there's always going to be someone better than you, no matter how good you are, where you are. And someone else is also always going to have a better horse than you. So it's up to you to keep that positive attitude and to look on the bright side of things because no one else can change your mindset but yourself. Yeah, and he also talked about, you know, you think, oh my gosh, this is Stefan Peters, but, you know, he had did not have a great experience, you know, a good wag and try on, and, you know, you, you don't think about it, but 
you know, he talked about that too, which was really quite cool. And we talked to him the morning after the story broke, the right. um, dressage news brought, came out with this big story. Uh, and we hope to have him uh, Stefan on to just to talk about it, but it was really cool because it had just come out and in the support that he was receiving was, was pretty cool. And to hear it literally from his mouth on what was going on was, was pretty cool. And we haven't talked about it much, but the unique thing about Aachen is that you can watch the warm up. So we could have, we could basically pull, you know, the top people in the world right there. They're all, everybody's kind of standing there watching the warm up, and that's really unique. And we did hear also from Debbie McDonald that she talked about sort of what were the challenges of Aachen versus some other challenges. And also, what was interesting, right? Um, and Emma, you can talk about it was the stewarding and the warm up. Can you tell everybody what was a little bit different about that this year? Okay. Yeah. So they had this FEI steward little tent set up. And it was, so last year, I think they had a lot of trouble with people like seeing things that they didn't like so much mm-hmm. and the animal rights people complaining about that. So they set up the FEI steward so that way anyone who sees something that they feel like is not so right can go up there and say something. And then the steward can pull the rider aside if he feels it's necessary or do whatever he feels like needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really interesting to hear about some of the challenges that they faced as well at the horse show, you know, and with, with having it yeah. be so open. Um, Cause anybody can see it and anybody can buy a ticket to go into Aachen. And um, I forget, I want to say there are 300,000 people that, um, that go, go to Aachen every year. I mean, it is an enormous competition and the stadiums are sold out. They were almost sold out for next year, just leaving, which was amazing and very knowledgeable crowd, right? Bridget, tell us about how knowledgeable the crowd was. So the crowd at Aachen was really involved in every single ride. I mean, if you had the slightest little error, the whole crowd would just sigh or ooh or oh no. <laughs> and you could see like some of the riders' faces were kind of like, oh, come on. Like I, I knew it happened. Thank you for letting everyone <laughs> no. know. And, um, but at the same time, as they were watching the scores come up on the letterboard, they would like gasp in excitement for the rider and the crowd like you would never experience in even Wellington which I think is arguably the most probably knowledgeable place that you can go and compete and they just like knew okay yeah that horse deserved that 10 or wow that that score should have been higher like you could tell what their reaction was without knowing what happened and I mean, even sometimes we were like, did we miss something? And then we'd look at the scoreboard and go, oh, they were like happy for the score that was given for that movement. And they also are like gutsy. They they even boo the judges occasionally, which is yeah. a little bit sad <laughs> after talking to judges. Like they are people too. They get nervous just like the riders. And because they have a lot of their education and knowledge invested in this, and they truly care about dressage and the sport and its progression. So for a huge crowd and stadium to boo them, I was in shock. I was like, there's no way they actually do that. They do. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they do. They do. (laughs) Yeah. But I think dressage is more of a part of like the culture of Germany. I mean, everyone, we talked to so many different people that just like live there and they all knew about you and about 
how important it was to the city and to the country. And they talked about how, I wanted to say this with Carl, he said, you know, this is really a showcase of the fact that horses are a large part of the economy in Germany. And it just puts it all out there for the crowd, for people to see and to see how, like, this is not just a hobby or um, a side thing for people to do. This is a part of the history of Germany. It, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. Emma, tell us a little bit about just the venue itself, um, like the stadium, because that was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, so the stadium was completely full, which was very strange to see at a horse event. For example, at WEG, the stadium was almost empty, which was pretty sad. Um, even in Wellington, it's, sometimes it's full, but it's not full like it is on Saturday nights with the jumpers. So that was pretty cool to see. And like just the whole, like people walking around, it's just, the public is much more involved with the horse sport than it is over here. Which so that was kind of interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. Um, so, well, ladies, we are so thankful you were able to come on and tell us about the trip. Um, if people want more information about the trip, the Dressage Foundation is a fantastic place to go. And this trip, I'm pretty sure, is offered every year. It's been offered for many years. Adrian Lyle actually was a member of the trip in 2005. So it was pretty fun to see her, you know, really taking taking the experience to an amazing level. So we can't thank you girls enough for coming on the show. And we can't wait to hear how this experience continues to change your riding career. Thank you so thank much you. for having us. And thank you to the Dressage Foundation for making this trip possible. It was really an experience of a lifetime. Well, right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with our second group from the Dressage Foundation International Dream Program. We're going to talk with Raisa and Sophia. Hope you enjoy them as well. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Microphase vitamin and mineral supplement is a low calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, for our next segment on the International Dream Program, sponsored by the Dressage Foundation, we have Miss Raisa from Colorado on the program. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Well, you had the longest trip home for sure, didn't you? You had quite a long one. <laughs> I don't know. Bridget may, may have had the longer <laughs> trip. Um, I, I got home on time and appropriately. <laughs> exactly. So tell us a little bit about yourself and why you came on this trip. I'm from Colorado. I have a 11-year-old Andalusian. He's uh, very, 
very amusing, and I love him dearly, but he, he had an injury last year, and I knew I wouldn't be able to go for NAYC, so I decided that this would be my year if I wanted to go to Germany through the Young Rider International Dream Program. Yeah, fantastic. And we were able to see a lot of pretty fancy PREs where we were there, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So the ones that we saw were Lusitanos, which are very similar, but um, a little different. Yeah, and they were fantastic, weren't they? Which one was your favorite that we saw? Oh, I I am now a fangirl of uh, Mr. Claudio Castillo-Ruz and his um, chestnut Lusitano. And he rode in the CDI Five Star um, Grand Prix, and it was just stunning to watch. Yeah, it was it was pretty beautiful. So what classes um, did they have that we were able to see? So we saw the small tour, and then... Um, the small tour included both a pre-St. George and Intermediate One, as well as a freestyle. And then there was also the CDI four-star Grand Prix, which was pretty much, it also included Grand Prix, Grand Prix Special, and Grand Prix Freestyle. And then we also saw the CDI five-star, which is the one that has the teams with the U.S. team, the German team, and those were the, those were the big wigs. <laughs> Yes, it was pretty amazing, wasn't it? It was pretty amazing experience. Well, we are excited to bring our fourth member of our troop that went on the International Dream Program. Sophia, welcome to the show. Hi, Reese. Thanks for having me. Oh, we were so excited. So, Sophia, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you were excited to be selected to go on this trip. Well, I'm a, uh, well, I just turned 19. I'm a 19 year old rider from Maine. Yeah, I'm super excited to be accepted on this trip um, as a young rider. I think one of the things that they looked for in the program was people that have sort of really dedicated to their themselves to dressage and sort of shown volunteerism to the sport. And I think myself and all of the girls that went sort of showed that to be accepted. Absolutely. And you guys were, were a fantastic group for sure. So Sophia, you've got to tell everybody about the shopping at Aachen. I left this question just for you, my friend. That's uh, the reason you're on today. Yeah. That is the reason you're on. Tell us about all the shopping you did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, that it was definitely, I can't say it was the most important thing we did all weekend, but it was certainly a highlight. It, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty amazing how many how many people were there and how many vendors were there and the the special Aachen deals that you could get were just making my jaw drop every minute. It was pretty pretty unique, I think, very different from what we see at some of the shows in the U.S. That's for sure. Yeah, like three hundred thousand people. The trade fair. We really can't. It was unbelievable how how many. Yeah. People and how many booths we did at some point had to drag Sophia out of there. Didn't we, Risa? Uh, yeah. She was, she was making me nauseous. Just the amount of shopping. That I was impressed. It was great. I loved it. It was pretty, it was pretty epic. It was great. So it was, it was, the, it became a, 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 we all laughed about it for sure. It was impressive, my friend, but it's true. If you do go to Aachen, a lot of the things that we would never see on, go on sale and things, they do go on sale at Aachen. So that was, that was actually quite fun. I love it. Well, back to the serious things on what we were really doing there. So Rayson, you know, we, we talked earlier with the, with the other two girls, you know, we were able to talk kind of have mini lectures with 27 professional riders uh, or mm-hmm. um, chef to keeps or judges. So tell us, 
give us your top three and the advice that they gave the group. Oh, oh wow. I think, yeah, wow is, wow is yeah. amazing. I, honestly, I think Carl Hester has to be my favorite of all the people we talked to. Just because he was, he, he talked about how he started as a non-horse, not from a non-horsey family, and he worked his way up as a groom and then continued um, up until he could afford his own horse. And then um, that was just mind-boggling and very inspiring to myself. And then there was also Stefan Peters. Stefan, he, the day before we talked to him, we had read an article uh, on Horse Daily about how he had gotten over depression over the last year and was really struggling through it. And he was just so present and so pleased to be able to talk to us. That was and pretty cool. Think, that, those were the favorites of the last group too. Give us some other ones that you were a favorite. Oh, I think, I almost think uh, Heiko, Heiko Coach, he was the bit fitter, uh, head bit designer from uh, Hermspringer. And it was very interesting that he brought up the point about how bits, two-piece bits, one side is longer than the other. And I had never thought about that before. And how they design these bits in order, and you have to switch those every three weeks in order so that the horse doesn't get used to one side being stronger than the other. And then he was also talking about when to use which bits but with regards to when do you start them, and um, he recommended a loose ring snaffle. And if the horse is a little stronger, then switching them to more like an egg bite or a D-ring. And I'd always done it the opposite. You start them in an egg bite and then move them over to a loose ring. And that was surprising <laughs> to me. Yes. And shout out to Heiko because he's a big fan of our show. But it was really cool. We were able to go over and um, to the Herb Springer booth, and he really took a lot of time with talking about fit and also what different bits. And and we happen to be doing those segments on on this show as well. So we wish I really wish I had recorded him <laughs> and for a segment because he was so good. But that was pretty cool. We really that was an amazing experience. So we were able to bring in some tack fitting. We were able to talk about some to some judges. Miss Sophia, who tell us about the judges we talked to because they were we that was pretty awesome too. We were able to speak to multiple judges that were judging. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was pretty amazing when I realized, I think it was on Saturday, we were watching a class and I realized we had met more than half of the judges on the panel. <laughs> yeah, that, that was class. awesome. That was, yeah, really cool. Yeah, I mean, it was, that's a, you know, that's a perspective you don't really get very often. Um, you know, even if you just meet people at horse shows or things like that, you don't really get to meet the judges very often. So I thought that was really cool that we got to sort of see their perspective on things. I thought it was really impressive how it seems like each judge that we talked to knew, could recall each, you know, test that they had seen and judged from the day before or two days before, three days before in the same show. And they could recall, you know, where the horse really excelled and where the horse sort of had faults or, you know, they, they really could... I don't know, they really remembered everything and they really, they noticed all the little details and, you know, they also sort of, um, lots of the judges also sort of knew 
you know, what was what was usual for that pair, especially like, you know, the pairs like, um, you know, with Isabella Torres and some of the bigger combinations. They sort of knew what to what to look for and what to expect and where they sort of tend to really excel and where they tend to maybe have a couple mistakes. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And it was also interesting, of course, to, to hear how they sort of relate judging to riding. And I think it was Oxford who pointed out a 10 is not perfect, a 10 is excellent, which I think is something that, you know, it doesn't, isn't really reiterated too often, maybe, in riding when yeah. you're looking at your swimming test. That was fun because Axel Steiner took a bunch of time in, with us to to talk, which was quite fun, um, you know, to talk with him. And also, you know, I think it, and I, somebody brought it up, you know, the judges also get nervous. You know, they say once they get started, oh, yeah. just like riders. Yeah, that was I thought that that was kind of cute and, and but kind of nice to see You know, that they are people and they were just as nervous as some of the riders were about riding and how they dealt with their nerves. And you don't think you're thinking, Absolutely. oh, they're the judge. But they were under the gun because if they if they didn't score well, the crowd the crowd yeah, boosted them. Especially at Austin. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. at Austin. We were we were harsh at times. Yeah, judges. I know. <laughs> it's true. And and one of the cool things, um, they had it at the WAG as well, but they had the score board running. So you could get the average score for every movement. You could get that as the movement. It was a little bit of a delay, right? Because I had to go from the computers and magically back to yeah. the board. But it was cool because, you know, you could see what a 10 was. You could see why there was a 7. You could see, um, you know, kind of what was happening, which made it really educational as well. Yeah, to- absolutely. And I was I was really glad to have Bill next to me for most of the weekend so I could sort of whisper over to him, you know, why did something get a 7 or why did something get a 9.5? You know, he could. He was really helpful in explaining things like that if we didn't quite understand why something scored a particular way. Yeah, that was great. And Bill is going. He's an S judge candidate. He has his testing in the in the winter, so that was pretty cool to hear. Uh, I think we all really enjoyed his company and and what he, what we were doing. I love it. So, Rasa, what were just some general thoughts about the experience, and, and maybe even about the town and going to Germany? What were sort of your kind of closing thoughts? Wow. Can I, can I just say, wow, it was amazing. And it was absolutely incredible to be completely immersed in the German experience from the food to the cobblestone roads with the cute little lampposts and the architecture. And everyone was so very kind and willing to help us, even though I was bumbling through and didn't know much German at the time. And I just, I am absolutely in awe of just how wonderful everyone was well and let's be honest you 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 were our sweet girl weren't you you loved us sweets you were so cute you really enjoyed <laughs> you enjoyed that experience i believe bridget called me the sugar fiend <laughs> <laughs> but Rasa in, in the bakery it was pretty epic it was awesome she was so excited in the bakery one day we did we did we went down and got like cakes <laughs> for after yes. the competition because it was the competition went late that night and we ran down there in the morning and it, it was so cute right so it had the cutest face in there she was so excited about all the cakes so that was pretty fun <laughs> the cakes are mine, yeah. mine <laughs> it was pretty cool and miss sophia what were your kind of takeaways from the competition and from your experience in germany oh oh there's so much i don't think we have enough time to cover it all <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, biggest takeaways. Oh, 
I know it's a big question. It was it was really fun and overwhelming and all the things. I mean, even for, as a, you know, as a chaperone, it was really it, it's an amazing experience. And I think we could all very much say if you ever have the opportunity to go to Chio and Aachen, you should. From seeing the four in hand drivers to the the yelling when Ingrid Kumka won the you won the three day event. I mean, we knew she won even without even looking at a board because the entire yeah, yeah, the showgrounds yelled. It was it was so cool, and forty thousand people in the jumper ring, like just an it really truly was an amazing experience. And there really weren't that many Americans there. You know, we probably saw max thirty if yeah. that was even many. We we were definitely the largest and potentially loudest contingency. <laughs> the USCT uh, and Hallie Griffin made sure we had plenty of flags, and uh, we we were happy to wave them. It was pretty fun. So way, yeah. way to represent. We did. We did. We were very loud. The, the riders knew where guys. we were. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming on. It was so fun to get to know you guys over the last week. And we can't wait to continue to watch your careers develop over time. Thank you, Reese. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, so excited <laughs> to be here and so excited that I had the opportunity to go to Aachen with the Dressage Foundation. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we'd love it. And, and we, we will, we also had our media training. We, we forgot that the girls got lots of media training. This is included in the, in, in the experience. So we'd love it. We're so glad you guys got to do it and good luck in the future. All right. Thank you. Well, Phil, I got back to riding today and I'm not going to lie. I was so excited to ride in my shoulder, uh, total saddle fit stability stirrup leathers today. Made my leg a little quieter after having a week off. I'm not going to lie. Maybe eating a little bit of pretzels. Too many pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> Too much bread products and cakes. And I can imagine. Oh, we were. It was great. <laughs> I'm not going to take back or feel bad for any of those calories. But my stability stirrup leathers were really nice. They really helped my leg stay down today. Not going to lie. I, I have to tell you, Reese. I've spent the last couple weekends, few weekends anyways, at horse shows. And... It's been really, really nice to talk to some of our listeners, yeah. which have come up and said, oh, you know, oh, there's that voice. And I'm like, well, there's what voice? And then I'm like, then I have to refer That's back me. to the, uh, yeah, to being on the Dressage radio show and talking to people who listen to the show. So that's great. Shout out to all the people who have come up to me. And I even had someone asking about the um, Total Saddle Fit st- Stability Stirrup Leathers and um you know, we chatted about it and I gave a little demo on the leathers and, and talked about how great I think that they are and just the quality of the product and that what a great company Total Saddle Fit is. I think that's what it returns to, you know, the, the girths, the saddle pads, the everything they've come up with, you know, they've come up with. They've provided just awesome, uh, excellent customer service and they have uh, a wonderful money back guarantee. So I don't think you can get go wrong by ordering any of these things and you can... You can find these uh, products more and more in local tap shops, which is re- really exciting. So you can handle them, touch them, maybe even uh, ride in them, um, you know, in a, in a store, which is great. Yeah, they're really cool. So as always, feel free to reach out to Justin at Total Saddle Fit um, and totalsaddlefit.com is where you find the strips. And we're going to come back right away with a great tip from Tina Irwin, and she is on the Pan Am team. They have made it to Lima, and their first their first pre-St. George is on Monday, right? The 29th of July, isn't it, Phil? Yep, that's when competition starts, so we're all yeah. getting ready. We're... Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> so 
We'll uh, give a shout out to Tina and I uh, hope you enjoy her tip. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, we are so excited this week for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. We have 2019 Lima, Peru Canadian team member, Tina Irwin, who's on the show tonight. Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you. We are so happy to have you for our Trainer Tip of the Week, and we will get right into it. What's our What's your tip for us? So my tip is um, learning how to ride your horse straight and also use your arena correctly. Many of the students that I teach, you know, they don't go into the corners, which for me is a bit of a pet peeve because the corner, of course, is, you know, preparing you for that next movement, setting your horse up. So I like to work a lot on, you know, executing a corner properly. So if generally horses don't like to bend in the corners. So, you know, one exercise I use is walking before the corner actually really getting the bend in the corner and then trotting as you come out of the corner or cantering on again. Um, Doing that a few times so that the horse really listens to the half halt in the actual trot or canter so that you can bend them correctly and then ride forward as you come out of the corner. And another one is, of course, is riding center lines. Um, Riding straight onto the center line, directly on the center line, halting at X and doing a proper trot off is very difficult. So, you know, that is something I like to incorporate into my everyday riding towards the end of the ride. And usually if it goes well, then I finish off on that just to make sure that you can start off your test with a good impression and also leave with a good impression because there's nothing worse than entering and you know, not being on the central line, not halting square and, you know, walking out of the halt. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think we can all, yeah. all struggle with the, those two things. I was just going to ask you a little bit of a technical question. Maybe you're okay with that. But um, I see a lot of people trying to bend in the corner, but what happens is they actually end up falling into the corner. So is there any tips that you can say that, that, that helps you to achieve bend without a loss of balance? Well, I mean, I think you have to, first of all, make sure you're sitting over your inside seat bone. There are a lot of people that don't, especially going right, usually fall left. So sitting a little bit more over that inside seat bone, making sure you have control over the outside shoulder and the outside hind leg by, you know, having that outside leg slightly behind the girth and neck reining the shoulder a little bit and making making sure the bend comes through the inside leg. Um, not the neck. So the bend comes through the horse's body and then a small flexion through the jowl to the inside. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think people forget, like just use the walls a little bit to hold their horses up and then end up not supporting them enough through the outside, le- you know, outside leg and outside rein. And, and then you just get yes. this, the head flinging around a little bit and, and then, you know, the rider thinking that that's bend, but they've just thrown their horse completely off of balance. So. Yeah, totally. Um, And actually, just coming to think of it, another really good tool for your everyday riding is to have, I think, somebody take a small video of you riding, because I just did this yesterday with one of my students. And 
she came back today and she said, I had no idea that I was, you know, doing that in the canter. You know, she was really moving around with her whole body. And I said, you've got to sit still. And I said, do you even realize what you're doing? And she said, no, not really. And then I said, okay, I'm going to take a little video. And yep. uh, she watched yeah. it. And she said, yep. oh, my gosh, like, I had no idea. And she said, that looks horrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, and then today she was very, uh, very conscious of what she was doing. And so we worked on improving that. And she said, oh, no, that feels so much better. But it just really created that awareness. And as much as we all, I mean, including me, I don't like to watch videos of myself riding generally. I, I'm very critical. I think, oh, what am I doing? And I don't like this and I don't like that. But I have to force myself to watch and see what I'm doing so I can improve it. Even if it's just, you know, a short clip, I think it's very helpful. Yeah. No, I, I'm agree. I, I don't like to watch myself on video. But when you do, you're like, oh, okay. You know, again, you don't try to practice yeah. that. But, you know, have someone stand there. You don't have to have any technical ability. My poor husband gets roped in a lot. I'm like, stand at sea and push play and zoom in. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you can have a husband, you can have, a, you know, a, a child help you video. And it really does make a difference. And just it also does. going back to using the arena, because I love this. Literally, I, I guarantee all three of us taught lessons today. Like, please turn on the center line. Watch your eight-meter circles. You know, these are things that yeah. actually you lose so many points in the arena and it's the yeah. first thing I do when I go through a test with a student is just what are the low hanging fruit? Well, you wrote a 10 meter circle instead of an eight meter circle. So yeah. that's going to affect your score. You didn't ride a proper halt. You were off on the center line. You know, these things, they add. Reese just yells geometry. I do. It yeah. drives me crazy. <laughs> it does. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Cause I'm like, but, but you also have to practice that. That's what I got from yeah. your tip was you can't just say, oh, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, no, no, no. It's not just going to happen on show day, <laughs> yes. right? Like, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, you, exactly. Like, you can't assume that you know that you can ride a 10-meter circle without actually having done it. Practiced every time. Yeah. <laughs> but Accuracy. It's, it's always interesting for me when you start to actually walk it through with, with your students how – they really sometimes do not understand the distance between the letters or to the center line. And when you actually walk it out and show them where they have to, you know, for the eight meter circle, you know, leave the track, um, not before the letter, not at the letter, like slightly after the letter and really know every point on the circle where you should be. So I think, well, the eight meter circles, eight meter voltas are probably like one of the hardest things to ride mm -hmm. um, in the pre-St. George and I won because they, they are, I mean, to keep the um, rhythm and the balance and the self carriage and the bend and, you know, expression. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's really quite difficult. So those do require a lot of practice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that was what I took from the tip is just remember it's, it's every day you do that. And then it's part of what you do. And it's not like, Oh no, I'm writing a test. And oh, how do I write a 10 meter circle? You know, it's, it's yeah. part of you're you're already doing it every day and, or when you're, when you're, when you're training. So, well, yeah. Tina, thank you so much for your tip of the week. And if our listeners want to find you online, how can they do that? So we have a Facebook um, page called Stony Lake Equestrian, home of Team Irwin. I know it's a bit of a mouthful. And then a website, which is teamirwindressage.com. 
Fantastic. Well, we can't wait to cheer you on in the Pan Ams and see your perfect eight meter circles. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil, we really have a lot of emails and Facebook shout outs to give to people. And we have some questions in the queue. We promise we'll get to them. Uh, we've had a busy summer. so Yeah, we've just been run off our feet with, with uh, doing interviews for Pan Ams and doing, you know, Reese has been back to Europe, back and forth all the time. So uh, uh, <laughs> rocking up some miles for sure, but we'll get to them and we keep them coming. We love e uh, emails and questions and all the things. So we will make sure uh, we will get to them. We promise we, we, we will get to them. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search dressage radio show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. As always, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.